Welcome to Salisbury Sermons, a podcast ministry of First United Methodist Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. Today's sermon is a continuation through the story 2021, our discipleship emphasis for this year, where we are encountering God anew in the story of Scripture from beginning to end. Our second lesson comes to us from 3 John, first chapter, uh, verses 2 through 8. Listen with me for God's word to us. Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health, just as it is well with your soul. I was overjoyed when some of the friends arrived and testified to your faithfulness to the truth, namely how you walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than this, to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Beloved, you do faithfully whatever you do for the friends, even though they are strangers to you. They have testified to your love before the church. You will do well to send them on in a manner worthy of God, for they began their journey for the sake of Christ, accepting no support from non-believers. Therefore, we ought to support such people so that we may become co-workers with the truth. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, we welcome your Holy Spirit amongst us, just as you welcome us in. Tune our hearts and minds that we might be attentive to your word, your will, and your way. Through Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We just read a few verses together of 3 John. This is the shortest book in the Bible when you take a look at the original language, the shortest number of words. We could read the whole thing together, but we read just a few verses. I encourage you, as you read through the story this week, to take a look again at this letter. If you breeze through it, you might miss what's at stake. You might read this short little letter and say, oh, okay, that's, that's nice. Those are wonderful words. But the issue at stake is hospitality. It's a particular action of love that God entrusts us with. This letter builds upon both 2 John and especially 1 John, where the issue at stake is false teachers versus true teachers that we are to listen to. There we learn the litmus test for all our action, for all teaching, for all learning, for all action is love. Love is the litmus test for everything. This letter calls the church to hospitalities for preachers and for missionaries. When I came here four years ago, I had been on my own as a pastor for three years, and I I wasn't real sure I wanted to work with another pastor. But I came to heal and to heal after a wonderful interaction with SBRC here and with Pastor Mark. Your welcome to me was wonderful. I was called into community with you, called to listen and to share, to feast together and to make room in our lives for one another. The elder that writes this letter to the community is urging this community to 
offer that same sort of hospitality for missionary preachers that are sent to them. But the issue is there's a leader there called Diotrephes. Um, He is refusing to accept those who are sent to them. Not only is he not wanting to welcome people in, he's making up false accusations and charges about who's been sent to them. And then he is not accepting the authority of those who send the preachers to them. And then on top of all those things, he kicks out people who are wanting to be welcoming and hospitable. Trouble upon trouble upon trouble for those who God calls to be welcoming and hospitable. So John, known as the elder, writes to Gaius and says, please receive Demetrius, who I am sending to you. Receive him and all those who are sent to you. Support them. Make your life, incorporate them, and then send them off well. Verse 11 reads, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but imitate what is good. Whoever does good is from God. Whoever does evil has not seen God. This builds upon 1 John verse 4, chapter 4, um, verse 20. Those who say, I love God and hate their brothers and sisters are liars. For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen, cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from him is this, those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. For us, there are two postures that we can have toward other people. We can have an inward posture where we hold on to what is dear, we conserve our resources, our energy, our emotions, and keep it all to preserve what we have. The other posture is the posture of a hug, where you extend your arms outward, where you are looking to welcome someone else into your home. Or you can think of it like a clenched fist. Clench your fist now where you are. Clench it real hard. It costs you energy, it costs you resources, and it might make you more likely to send that out in the punch. But, but let that go now. <laughs> and open your palm in front of you. It makes you more likely to receive, to be willing to listen, to be willing to offer what you have, and to receive gifts of other people. One posture puts self and those you know first. The other leads you to be co-workers with the truth. The way we offer hello and the way we offer goodbye is interconnected. A few years ago, a wonderful youth in our community learned that the word goodbye is a contraction of God be with ye, God be with you. Goodbye is a contraction of God be with ye. So it's an appropriate wish whenever you encounter somebody, whether you're saying a final goodbye or you're just receiving a moment of grace. And so 
uh, led to a beautiful moment around communion. Sometimes we have trouble knowing how to respond to the gift of grace that we receive in that outturned palm, that gift of grace of communion. And so this young man, when I put the bread in his hand, said, goodbye. <laughs> An appropriate wish that goes along, whether it's a hello, a continued hello, or a goodbye. I think one of the things that makes welcome hard is partially saying goodbyes like the ones we say today. To say goodbye means that you have risked yourself. You offer energy and you offer an investment that you don't know the outcome of. When I arrived, there were lots of reasons you could have chosen not to say hello. Uh, you didn't know me. <laughs> you didn't know my values, my personality, and my experience. I was a new graduate from seminary. I had food differences because of my celiac disease that might require you to do some things differently. I didn't have any experience in a larger church like this one. I had a recent health crisis with my liver transplant and cancer, and, you know, I, I'm young. <laughs> I'm a whippersnapper, a young millennial, and millennials destroy everything, right? <laughs> but you know it's not the case. Like Gaius, the recipient of this letter, you said, welcome, come and be well, us together. The welcome that you offer is always a foretaste of the kingdom to come and the welcome that God always extends to us. Think of all the times that God welcomes in scripture. A few of them are God welcoming the prodigal son home, going out into the wilderness to find the last sheep, embracing the beloved disciple, John. Your welcome to me allowed me to grow in authority to understand my calling in a deeper way, the opportunity to delve deeply into Bible study together, to deepen our relationship with Eisenberg Elementary School in such a beautiful way in the Reading Gator Club, to streamline together congregational care and to provide new opportunities like the Care Package Project, to engage in mission together and above all, camp discovery. I am now an ordained elder, like the elder that writes this letter. Part of our calling as elders is itineracy in the United Methodist Church. We are to go where we are sent by the bishop. I really believe Bishop Leland's right when he talks about this is the biblical model of church. Churches are sent, Paul and Barnabas and the elder and Demetrius. They are sent, Ruth and Naomi and uh, all of the people that are sent by God's word. They don't, they don't get to choose <laughs> who comes to them, but they entrust their care to these servants whom God has told to go. Some of us are called to move for the sake of the gospel, 
Some of us are called to pick up home and family and go to new places every now and again. But you know, actually, all of us are called to move for the gospel, but some take shorter steps. Some step into the community for the sake of the gospel. Sometimes it looks like walking into the building for summer fun days to meet our community and to provide fun environment for our community's youth. Sometimes it might be a short drive to Mount Shepherd to volunteer your time for Camp Discovery. Sometimes it's a short step to a neighbor's home to support them with a seemingly small thing like a casserole or mowing their lawn or driving them to their appointments. But all of us baptized Christians are called to go for the sake of the gospel. Bishop Weaver once said something like, we are appointed one to another, clergy to congregation and congregation to clergy, not for each other, but for God's good work. Not for each other, but for God's good work. Have you ever noticed that uh, getting out of your normal working space frees you to think or to see in a new way? When clergy are appointed to a new context, it makes space for God's work to bubble up anew in our lives. I keep thinking about this moment right before the pandemic started where me and a bunch of women went down to the beach for the women's beach retreat. It's a moment that just stands out in my mind because that was the moment that very weekend when everything seemed to shut down. And together we were reflecting on liminal spaces, those space between, uh, the space of transition where you have one foot in one place and one foot in another, and we reflected together about that. That was planned before we knew there was a pandemic. And that moment was so illuminating for us. We were there together in community. That community bounded our time, called us to love, called us to open our hearts in a new way. And boy, did we need it when we came back home and everything was shut down. I am being sent by the bishop from this place to another, but you are being sent as well. Remember that feeling of closing your fist versus opening your palm. You are not being called to conserve and reserve and preserve, but to open and go and share. I know very well it costs us energy to say hello and to say goodbye. Goodbyes are hard, but I want to note as well from this letter, when we try to control how or when or where a goodbye happens, like diophytries in this letter, then, then that's straying into the space of evil. That is not straying into the space of welcome and hospitality that our God calls us to. But we're called to say hello and to say goodbye well.
I read a quote once, I can't find the book it's in anymore because they're packed up, but uh, Carlo Carretto is a great uh, Christian author who wrote a meditative piece about St. Francis of Assisi called I, Francis. And in this, he's reflecting on Francis's life, and Francis prays to God, God, how do I know which way is the right road to take? How do I know which way to go? And the answer that comes to Francis is the one where the shadow of the cross is over the path. The one where the shadow of the cross is over the path. How do you know when and where and how to go? Where the cross of Jesus is over that path. That path is a hard one. It costs us. But that road always leads to deeper, deeper love and leads to deeper welcome of God. Every time we offer a welcome, it is a foretaste of heaven. It is a reflection of what God does for us. And we're invited by 3 John to faithfully do what you do for friends in a manner worthy of God. It's visible in small things like cards and flowers and meeting one another's eyes, genuinely asking, how are you? And it's visible in big things like sacrifice and doing what suits the other person instead of what suits you. But all this word about welcome in this letter is, is not actually about preachers. But if you can welcome us, then you can welcome the community. If you recognize the authority with which we are sent, then you can recognize the stranger that hops on your doorstep is sent from God for you to welcome and to love. Faithfully do what you do in a manner worthy of God. It's hard work, friends, but it should not make us hardened. In the midst of this, I encourage you to honor your feelings in the midst of transition, and then channel that energy into welcome and care. I think of Jesus' words to Peter on the shoreline after his resurrection. He says, Peter, if you love me, feed my sheep. You love me, feed my sheep. When I miss you, I will remember my calling. I will remember the lessons learned, your beautiful stories of care. And I will channel that into loving those in First Wadesboro and the Anson Circuit. When you miss me, something kind for Pastor Mark, because he's going to miss me too. Do something kind for the staff. Do something kind for those who will miss me too. Channel it into initiative for a mission project. Call a congregation member you haven't seen in a while. Spend some time in a public space and listen to people. Welcome them. Pour into those who are brokenhearted. There's no greater way to say 
that my time with you has meant something. As Third John says, there's no greater joy than this, to hear my children walking in the truth. And there's no reflection of Jesus that is better. You have honored my calling. You have welcomed me, and I'm so grateful. It's made tangible in a lot of beautiful gestures of love, uh, from the reception to all the notes and cards and moments that we have shared. It's reflected in this beautiful stole that our staff gave me, and it's reflected in this beautiful stole that some of the United Methodist women have given me that reflect our beautiful banners in this worship space. And every time I wear it, I will remember my calling. I will remember your love. And then I will channel that into caring for God's people. You've honored my calling, so I honor yours. Hospitality and love. Mission statement here is make and nurture Christian disciples in the presence and power of God. And that is your calling, lived out through hospitality and love. Brothers and sisters, please let any love for me fuel hospitality and welcome. And let that reflect the welcome God shares for us all. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we ask that you would rate, review, and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to share us with your friends. For more information about FUMC and our mission to make and nurture Christian disciples through the presence and power of God, we invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and please visit our website at fumcsalisbury.org.